Welcome to episode 18 of the AMETS podcast. My name is Caroline Koch and I work for the Royal Meteorological Society as a climate science communication specialist. I had the chance to speak with the author of our latest briefing paper at the recent AMETS Climate Change Forum in London. The paper is titled Global Carbon Budgets, Determining Limits on Fossil Fuel Emissions. Pierre Friedlingstein, the author of the paper, is a professor at the University of Exeter and he has more than 25 years of experience working in climate modeling. His research has focused on the global carbon cycle and how terrestrial ecosystems control CO2 in the atmosphere. I asked him about the importance of quantifying carbon in the atmosphere and how global warming and carbon emissions are related. There had been a lot of interest around how we can limit emissions to 1.5 or 2 degrees. So an essential concept is to know how much carbon we can still emit. Is that correct? Yes, it's, it's absolutely correct. There's a, well, somehow almost linear relationship between the emissions we, of CO2 we put in the atmosphere and the level of warming. So if you put twice as much CO2, you'll have I mean, twice as much warming at the end of the day. And also, if you, we were able to stop emitting CO2, today, but let's say at some point in the future, there wouldn't be so much warming after we stop CO2 emissions. So the total amount of emissions scale with the, the total level of warming. Knowing that we can calculate these models, and by models I mean, I mean climate models, we can calculate how much CO2 emissions you can allow before you reach like a limit of, let's say, 1.5 or 2 degrees. And that's what we've done with I mean, many climate models across the world, and we come up with some estimate of the remaining emissions, as we call which is how much CO2 we can still emit in the future before we would hit 1.5 or 2 degrees. And how is it measured? How do we know how much CO2 we already have in the atmosphere? Are there direct measurements or do we have to look into getting indirect measurements? So there are direct measurements sorry, of CO2 in the atmosphere. So it has been measured directly in the atmosphere for the last 50, what is 50 60 years now, since 1958. It starts in the US, in Monalawa, in Hawaii, and now it's like all over the globe, and we have like very precise measurements of CO2 on every single day of uh, concentration of CO2 in the atmosphere. And if you, go, if you want to go back before that, you have to go to ice cores and drilling ice cores and looking at little tiny bubbles, and you can get information on the CO2, CO2 concentration for the last, what, 10,000, 100,000, 1 million years or so. So we know that CO2 is increasing the atmosphere, there is no doubt. We know that, I mean, this is because of human emissions of CO2 from burning of fossil fuel and deforestations. What is complicated is to get the exact I mean, link between these two facts because there are natural systems, there are forests, they take CO2, there are oceans, they're also taking CO2. So what is left in the atmosphere is not just what you emit, it's what you emit minus what is taken by this natural cycle. So we need to understand this cycle and this type cycle are controlled by the state of the climate. If the climate is changing, this natural cycle will change as well, which puts some uncertainty in the future relationship between emissions and warming. Okay, so when we when we do a budget, we basically look how much we admitted emitted in the past and how much we can still emit until we reach a certain degree of warming. Yes, so the past tells us something about how much we emitted and how much warming we have with some uncertainty because it's complicated. It looks like simple to, to measure temperature, but it's actually quite complicated to get an estimate of the global temperature and how much it changed since pre-industrial, which has to be I mean, well defined as well. Likewise for the emissions, we don't have absolute precise measurements of CO2 emissions. We measure the atmospheric concentration, not the emissions, especially things like land use. It's a bit unclear how much CO2 is emitted when you deforest our large fraction of, of, of tropical forests, for example. So we, but still we do know more or less how much we emitted and how much warming we have. This gives us some indication of 
the response of the system, and we can use this plus model to try to see something about the future. So you you talked about uncertainties now. So how are these numbers reported? Is it always with the uncertainty or? So the reported, like in international report, like IPCC report, they always report with uncertainties. So there's, there, there's a likely chance, a 60% chance, for example, to reach 1.5 for a given budget of, I think we have like 580 gigaton, billion tons of carbon to be emitted before you reach 1.5 degree. And this is a likely, so it's well, 66% chance to, to be within 1.5 with this budget. There's still one chance out of three that you would miss it and would be above 1.5, for example. And these uncertainties are coming because of what uncertainty in the measurement for the past, uncertainty in projections in the future with the models, process that we don't really include at the moment in models like permafrost and the, the solving of permafrost and the amount of carbon could be they could be released by permafrost. All of these processes are complicated to represent uh, the lead to some uncertainty in the estimates. Yeah, and these are quite well explained in the in the paper actually. So the the uncertainties we are dealing with ultimately we are trying to reach net zero and this carbon budget is just a method of seeing whether we are on track well yeah the budget is kind of like in a sense it tells you how much you can still emit and assuming which we shouldn't do assuming you keep emitting at the same rate as today well this budget tells you well we would reach 1.5 is something like 15 20 years or something right so this tells you how much what what is the window yeah, we have for, in front for of the us political for the, poli for the yeah. political goal so if you want to 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 stay below 1.5 you have to be net zero sometime in the future and sometime relatively soon like in the in the coming in, in the coming decades for sure because otherwise you will emit more than well, the limit and therefore there is a risk of going beyond 1.5. Thank you very much, Pierre. Thank and you so much. Keep, keep on the good research. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. I hope you've enjoyed listening today. If you would like to find out more about this briefing paper or read our other climate science resources, please visit our website at armist.org publications. Make sure to subscribe and like our podcast.